Thank you for tuning into the New Covenant Life Christian Church podcast, where we are loving God and loving his people. It's all about him. Our focus is spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ and advancing his kingdom in the earth. Now, let's join Pastor Pete Pierce for today's life-changing word. Amen. This is the last installment, I believe. Amen. Of our, um, the message we've been been teaching for the last several weeks called uh, Standard Issued Equipment. This is part number nine. Amen. And we're dealing with actually the sword of the spirit. So in your Bibles, Ephesians chapter six, verse 10, we're going to start there and read down to verse number 17. Amen. Are you, are you there? You ready? Amen. It says this, finally, my brother, and be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girded about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Excuse me. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you should be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Amen. Father, we bless you on today. We give you glory and we give you honor. We give you praise. We, um, we, we love you, Lord. And we can only love you because you first loved us. Now today, as we gather to, together to, to, to hear your word, to worship you, to give you honor, to give you praise, as the word goes forth, thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're, you're going to prepare our hearts to receive it. And God, when we receive the word of God, it's going to bring forth fruit in our lives, some 30, some 60, and some 100 fold. We love you, can do absolutely nothing without you. Send the matchless name of your son, Jesus, that we do pray and all the people of God said, amen. amen. You may be seated in our presence of our life changing King. Somebody say it's all about him. It's all about him. It's all about him because he's the center, the circumference, the base and the boundary. Come on. The balance and the beauty, the sum and the substance of everything that our life is about. It's all about him. Amen. Do you believe that this morning? Yes. It's all about him. Amen. Well, listen, we're going to continue this word and we're going to, to um, also bring our supporting scriptures that we were dealing with. And the first one was coming out of Ephesians chapter four, verses 21 through 24. We're going to read that. And then we're going to go to second Corinthians chapter 10, verse three through five. Ephesians four, 21 through 24 from the new living translation. It reads like this. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, that's so vital. You can, I can stop right there and preach a whole message right there, that one verse, talking about the truth that comes from Jesus Christ. Amen. Then verse 22, it says, throw off your sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. That means that we have to do something. It tells us to throw that life away. Amen. Throw it off. Amen. Then verse 23, it says, instead... Let the spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Put on your new nature created to be like Christ, which is truly righteous and also holy. Amen. Amen. 
In verse, I'm sorry, then the next supporting scripture is coming from 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5. But this time I want to read it not from the King James Version. I want to read it from the NIV. I was uh, kind of going through my notes and, and something told me, well, I guess the Holy Spirit told me to, to check out a couple some more translations for this particular passage. And I, I saw the New Living Trans, I mean, I'm the New the new international version, the NIV, and it kind of, I like the way it kind of um, laid it out. Amen? So this is um, coming from the NIV. Verse number three, it says this. For though we live in the world, we do not wage, world, we do not wage war as the world does. Amen. We live in the world, but we don't wage war as the world does. Amen. Amen. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Amen. Amen. And verse number four says, we demolish arguments and every pretentious that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Amen. Boy, that's a good reading. I love the way it put it right there. Because we don't fight like the world fights. But the truth of the matter is you are in a fight. You are, you are in a battle. But you just don't battle like the world does. Amen. Amen. And the, the point I've been making, I want to continue to make and to reiterate, and this particular message, this series that we've been teaching about, Standard Issued Equipment, is that every believer, every believer, when you are born again, God gives you everything that you need to fight the good fight of faith. He gives you everything you need. And I want to continue to reiterate that for all of us. Amen? All of us. You have it. It's not just in a five-fold ministry. Amen. It's not, it's not the person with the mic all the time. God has given you everything that you need. Amen. And that's the point that we want to we want to continue to bring out. He's given you certain weapons. He's given you the weapon of prayer. We're going to get to that here in a, maybe a couple of weeks. We're going to talk about prayer. I can't wait to talk about it. Praise and worship is a weapon. Peace is a weapon. Amen, somebody. Because that's the one thing he's trying to get us to do is to be agitated. The devil's always poking you. You know, you just want to slap him in the head sometime. You know what I mean? He's that person sometimes that would always, you know, that bully who really couldn't, he, he really couldn't whoop you. The bully couldn't, but he'd always poke at you just to get you agitated. Amen. To, you know, it gets you to the place where one day you just want to lay him out. But here's the thing that we have to know as a believer, because we don't fight like the world does, right? When you have to know that he's already been laid out. The, you know, he's really already on his back. He just want to poke you. <laughs> he's trying to tease you from the flow, from the canvas. You know, but he's already knocked out. Somebody says you've already won. So you've already won the battle. So many things, so many weapons that we have. Peace is a weapon. Praise and worship is a, happen, is a, is a weapon. Um, his presence is a weapon. Amen? His, your position is a weapon. You're seated with Christ in heaven. You've got to understand that. 
I mean, you really got to understand that you have a dual citizenship. You live in this world, but you're not of the world. Right? So that's what I'm talking about. The political system that we're dealing with, okay, cool, man. We got to deal with some of the things because we got to be in the world. But listen, they don't govern who you are. Come on, somebody. Because you still have a king. I know we got a president, but you have a king, and your king trumps that president. I don't care who they put in office. I don't care who's in le who's, who legislates what. Man, my king's on the throne. Come on, your king's on the throne. He rules and he reigns, and you, guess what, check this out. You are a king's kid, and because of that, everything that he, got, he has belongs to you. That's why healing, it belongs to you. Peace, it belongs to you. It all belongs because it belongs to your daddy. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah, it belongs to your daddy. Belongs to him, and because of that, it belongs to you. So real quick, we're going to recap. Amen. So we've been talking about um, the whole armor of God, right? So do you guys remember the pieces? Of that armor? Yeah. Come on, talk to me. What's the first one? Uh, the, the belt of truth. Amen. You got to have the belt. <laughs> Y'all going back to your notes. I love it. It's all good, though. But, but that's, why we, that's why we do this. Amen. That's why we come to church. I, it's, it's in my message, too, but I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. We, we don't, don't, we, you don't want to get to the place where you just come to church just to come. Amen. I do encourage you because, man, soon and very soon we're going to have a midweek service because I, we got we to gotta feed you with this word. But up until then, please use the podcast. Go back and listen to it because you can listen to it over and over again. So these things that we talk about, we want them to get to the place where you know them. It becomes a part of you. Amen. The whole armor of God. You've been hearing it since you was in Sunday school. If you're, you know, if you've been saved for a, a, a little while. But what happens is a lot of times we just, we just you know, we, we remember what the postal look like. I don't want you to remember what the postal look like. I want you to remember what Paul was talking about, what he meant when he was talking to this young church. With the whole armor of God, right? So having your loins girded with the belt of truth is the first thing, right? What was the next thing? The breastplate of righteousness. Amen. It covers, your, it covers your relationships. God has made you right. You can't get right. He's already, he's given you something that makes you right. Amen, somebody. So what was the next piece? The, the, your, your feet shod with the preparation of peace. Amen. That was the next thing that's in, in Ephesians that's coming in order. Now, when he talks about these first three elements, or the first three pieces, it says having, right? It says having the, the belt of truth, having your loins girded with the belt of truth, having the breastplate of righteousness, and having your feet shod with the preparation of, of the gospel of peace, meaning that these are things that you always have on. It's almost like you walk around with them all the time, right? So the, three, the first three things is things that you have. The next three things is going to tell us to take up, right? So what was the next thing to take up? To take up the shield of faith, right? So you have to, on purpose, take up the shield of faith that will quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. 
Amen. And one thing that we learned about having the shield of faith is that that shield of faith was not just for you because we brought out and explained how back in that particular time, Paul has given an illustration of a Roman legionnaire. Right. And the, the armor that he would have a Roman legionnaire was never meant to fight by himself. He belonged to a company of about 5,200 other legionnaires. So the shield that they used was, was so big that it was they, it was it was um, constructed in such a way that it would it would actually be a part of another person's shield. In other words, they would fight together. So your, your shield of faith is not just for you. Amen, somebody. Now, everything else is yours by itself. But the shield of faith is when you sometimes you got to lock arms and join your faith with somebody else's. To, to protect the common good of everybody. Right? Having the shield of faith. What was the next one? The helmet of salvation. The enemy is always trying to come against your mind. He's trying to come against your thought process. Amen. He's trying to get you to perceive certain things a different way. He's, he's, man, here's the thing about the devil. He's, he, he, man, he's a one-trick pony. He keeps doing the same thing over and over and over again. So in the very beginning, the Bible says that he beguiled Eve. He, he came against her mind, right? He came against her mind with, with something that she already knew, right? But she, she, he tried to twist it in a certain place where... He tried to get her to think of something that she knew, but he twisted it like, you, you don't really know what you know. Because surely God didn't say that. She knew he said it. So you see how the devil works? But that's why we have that helmet of salvation. Amen? It's a defense. It's, it's something to defend these things, these thoughts that's trying to come against you. Because one of the things the enemy's trying to do all the time is come against your thought life. So that's why he puts all these things in front of you. He's getting you to think a different way. But you have the mind of Christ. And we're going to talk about that. And, ooh, coming up to, I can't wait to talk about the mind of Christ. Amen. Somebody say, I have the mind of Christ. Yes, you do. Now we're moving on down to verse 17. And it says, and take the helmet of salvation, right? And the sword of the spirit, which is what? Which is the word of God. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So just like we've done with the other particular pieces that we've dealt with, we're going to use the, uh, we're going to look at the analogy that Paul is talking about because he's almost the first in the natural, then in the spiritual. So he's talking about taking the sword of the spirit. So uh, a Roman legionnaire would actually have two, two swords, if you will. One was a longer one and the other one was just a little shorter, like a little dagger. But they would, all, they would have both of them, right? And then they were both attached to the belt of truth. Remember how important I was telling you that belt of truth was? And that's why you got to keep it tight. Man, you got to keep it on. Because if you let it slip, it's the thing that held everything up. The sword of the spirit was attached to it. It also kept the, your breastplate of righteousness. With, you know, it kept it in place. That's why you got to keep it tight. Remember we talking about those sagging Christians? You can't be a sagging Christian. You can't have your belt loose and your stuff hanging all off your behind. Come on, somebody. So tighten that belt up. So you keep that breastplate in place. And now you, you know where your stuff is. You know where the sword of the spirit is. The sword of the spirit... The sword was a two-edged sword, 
right? It can cut going in and it can cut coming out. Amen. Both edges had a sharp razor-like sword. Amen. We're talking about the sword of the spirit, which is what? It's just the word of God. Now, in scripture, you'll see the, the word word, it, it'll be depicted in two different ways. If you did, you know, you break it out with the Greek. It's rhema or either logos, right? In this particular verse, it says the word of the spirit is translated as the rhema word. It's a spoken word, an utterance or a thought. It's, it's uttered through the spirit. That's rhema. It's something that's spoken from the spirit or uttered through the spirit. And then it's also something that's recalled in you by the spirit. Rhema. Amen. And the other one is what logos. We've heard that before. The, the logos is to speak. Amen. It's also to, it's to speak. And it's a, it's a principle or a thought in the Greek. In the Greek philosophy, it's the, the divine reason or the mind of God. So in John chapter 1. Right? Thy word, I mean, in John chapter, John chapter 1, in the beginning was the word. Right? And, and, the, and the word was God. And the word was with God. The Logos, his mind. It, that's Logos right there. That word. Amen? But the rhema word is, is a word that's been uttered. It's been spoken through the spirit. Amen. And then you also use it as something that's been recalled in your spirit. Have you ever been going through situations and then all of a sudden you feel the word of God? It's just, it's just you know, it's, it'll come back to your remembrance. That's rhema. The Holy Spirit's called it to come back. Amen, somebody. I'm getting excited. Woo. Now it says, listen, remember, verse number, I'm going to verse number 11. I'm sorry. Verse number 11. It says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So Paul is telling this young church, you got to stand against him, stand against the wiles, the methodia, his devices. Amen. One thing you got you to you withstand that. And the other thing is that you have to be able to stand in the evil day. So he's trying to tell them is that there's going to be some things that the enemy is going to try to come against you. But you have an armor. I've equipped you to get you to the place where you can actually withstand his thing, his schemes, his devices, yes, sir. his tricks. Yes, sir. The thing he's trying to, you know, he's trying to trick you. And then also, he says, listen, when you have this armor on, you'll be able to stand in the evil day. Now, you remember we talked about the evil day, what the evil day is? It's when it seems like all hell is breaking loose. Man, you're getting attacked from every side. The children are acting up. Your money's funny. You know, you're feeling sick in your body. All this stuff is trying to come against you. And it seems like it's all happening at one time. That is considered an evil day. And if you haven't experienced it, baby, just keep on living. Because it's coming. But you don't have to worry about it. That's what he's trying to say. You ain't got to worry about it. Because I've already equipped you with everything that you need to stand. Man, listen, isn't, 
Even in the natural, man. You, if you, you know, you in a fight and you something's, you in a place where this bully's, he's just beating you all upside the head, and it don't seem like nothing bother you, you still standing. Hit me with your best shot. You still, that's how the devil, he, he's mad. So he's going to try to do another scheme, another device, try to put more in your life. Just keep standing. Somebody say, just keep standing. Because he's got you. I promise you, the, the Lord has you. Amen, somebody. So you'll be able to stand against the wiles, the methodias of the devil. And then withstand him in those evil days. Amen, because he's coming. Now, Let's go and see what the word of God does. The sword of the spirit. Amen. Because how many got it? You got it? Amen. Come on, do you have it? Yes. Yeah, you got the sword of the spirit. Now turn to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 12. I'll read this from the King James Version. It says, take the sword of the spirit, though, right? Remember? It's something that you have to take on purpose. But you got it because it's attached to your belt, the, the, the belt of truth. And that's the thing, too. It's, a, it's the, the word of God is supported by truth. Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. It's supported by truth. Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 12 from the King James Version. It says, for the word of God, it's quick and powerful. And sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Now, let's go back through that. The Word of God, amen, it's quick. That means it's alive. Amen? The Word of God is alive. And then it says it's powerful. Now, most of the times when we see the word power, you remember what, what it called? Remember Deuteronomy? Right? Well, we're not talking about dunamis here. It's not, no, the word is not dunamis here. The word here is engergase. In, in right? Engergase. It almost sounds like what? Energy. That's what it, and what it means is to be active, to be operative. The word of God is active. First of all, it's alive and it's active. Amen, somebody. And it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even the dividing asunder. Now, Bishop Holcomb has taught an incredible series of series called the Marismo series. And I'm going to teach it here. Amen. And that's what that word dividing asunder is. Dividing asunder in the Greek is Marismos. The word of God is the only thing that's able to divide asunder, asunder the soul and the spirit. Jesus is the only one who knows where your soul ends and your spirit begins. Amen. The word of God is, and I know we always, you know, you know, we got psychiatrists and all that who's trying to figure you out. And, you know, you, you too. Yeah, y'all be trying to figure people out. You most trying to figure yourself out sometimes too. You know, you're trying to discern what it is. Sometimes there's some things you just don't know. But the word of God is the only one, the only thing that can divide asunder. Amen. Joints and marrow. It can divide that thing up. Elder Garfield was telling me the other day about a job that he had. And, you know, previously he, he was a butcher. And he was talking about, man, he got excited too. He was telling me about it. But because he was good, he was skilled at it. 
right? He said, man, you would get this knife. And the thing about that, you, you always got to make sure your knife was sharp. It had to stay sharp. And you would go in and, and you know, y'all dealing pigs, right? You cut these things up, and he was telling me, man, I was getting excited. Like, he said, man, you hit this thing and turn it and hit this, and you would know exactly where to go, exactly where to cut to, to get this to fall off or to get that to fall off. Well, the Word of God works the exact same way with us. See, the sword of the Spirit does that. It's the only thing that's able to come into your life and really know where to cut. When a twist, which bone, it, you know, joints and marrow. The things that's been in you forever. You've been wondering why you've been acting a certain way. You didn't know there was something that was lying dormant in you that came in you when you was a child. A psychiatrist can't cut it out. Come on, lay it on the table, they go get it out. The only thing that's going to help you with that is the word of God. The sword of the spirit. And then all of a sudden, man, he, he comes in you and cut this thing off. You said, man, it was a relationship that I had with my mama that just fell off. I never knew it. It was something that I got involved in and never knew that it, it actually got a, attached to my heart and attached to my life. But the word of God is the only thing that can merit most you. Woo! It'll divide asunder. Man, I can't wait to teach it. Woo! Good God, that's a good teaching. It's coming. Somebody say it's coming. So we, only, we know that how it works, amen? Now let's talk about, and we're going to get ready to close here in just a little bit, yeah, in just, just a little, we're all right, how it works. And the greatest, our greatest example of how to use the word of God is the greatest example that ever walked the earth. Who was that? Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. Man, he shows us how to do it. I promise you, man, if, if, we was, if you would just take the time to go back and look to see how Jesus dealt with things, it, was, it would help us and show us how to live because he's our example and example because he actually walked the earth. And that was the reason he came, right? He said, listen, you can do this thing with the help of the Father. And now that I'm at the right hand of the Father, I'm going I'm, I'm to help you when he helps you. When, you know, I'm going to be your go-through. I'm going to show you exactly what the Father works once, but you got to come through me. Amen. So turn to your Bibles to Matthew chapter 3. Amen. Man, I love this. The sword of the spirit, I mean, the, the whole armor of God. Don't forget it, right? The belt. What is it? Belt of truth. Lawrence girdle belt of truth. What's next? Breastplate of righteousness because, listen, it protects your relationships. Right? What's the next one? Ah, they got the shoes shod with the preparation of peace. Amen. Shield of faith. What's next? Heaven of salvation. And now we're talking about spirit. Amen. Y'all doing great. Praise the Lord. We're going to get it. We're going to get it. Amen. Because faith comes, faith comes by hearing and hearing how? By the word of God. So are you in Matthew chapter 3? Verse 16 through 17 right now is what we're going to read. And it reads this in verse 16. It says this, and, and this, this is kind of a precursor to where we're going. We just want to give you a little context here, a little background. You know, a little run and start, then we're going to jump in there. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went straightway out of the water. 
And lo, the spirit, I'm sorry, and lo, the heavens were open unto him. And he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and lightning upon him. Verse number 17. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So we know the story here, right? This is when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, right? So, you know, y'all know the story, right? He's baptized by John the Baptist. So now going to chapter four, I just wanted to give you a little background because there's one thing that I wanted to, to, to get you to see. Once he was baptized, straightway he came up, and the father said, Listen, behold, this is my beloved son. Right? Now, chapter 4, and we're going to read down to verse 11, and then we're going to get ready to close once we, once we come out of here. Amen? Praise the Lord. Matthew 4, verse 1 through 11. Amen. Here we go. Let's run and start. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Diablos. Verse 2. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward a hungered. Now that word hunger, of course he was hungry. Amen. He just fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. So we're talking about the man, Christ Jesus, right? The God man. And this word hunger is actually, it's actually mean he was craving. He was at a place where he was craving food because he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Amen? Amen. Some of us be craving after, you know, a couple of hours. <laughs> then verse, I'm one of them. Amen. Verse number three says, and when the tempter came to him, he said, if thou be the son of God, command these stones to be made bread. Do you see? I'm going to tiptoe to this, this passage, right? This is, this is how the devil works. He just said he was the son of God. The father just said, behold, you know, this is my son. So now, after he's at a weak, weak point in his life, right, the enemy comes and says, now he's questioning. He, he's questioning. He says, if thou be the son of God, what do you mean if my daddy just said he's my father? Do you see what the devil tries to do to you? He's trying to do it all the time. So now you've just confessed that you're healed. And you've just received it in your heart and in your spirit that you're healed. But at the moment you're still limping. Then the devil comes to you and says, if he was really God... That's right. You wouldn't be limping. Well, we got to learn to put him in his place. And, and, and man, our Lord and Savior teaches and shows us exactly how to do that. If thou be the son of God, command these stones to be made bread. And now let's get into the discourse. Because I tell you, man, Jesus was cool with decay. So now, but he answered and said, Jesus, this is Jesus now. It is written. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word, every rhema. Because it was uttered, that was coming back to his remembrance, amen, that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Now, what Jesus did as an example to us, he just quoted scripture. He just quoted Deuteronomy 8, chapter, Deuteronomy 8, verse number 3. That's what he quoted. But the Holy Spirit, the rhema, the word, he said, the word says something, an utterance came to him. And then he spilled it out. 
Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse number 5. Then the, de the, the devil taketh him up unto the holy city and set him up and set it him on a pinnacle of the temple. And verse number 6 said, and he said unto him, If thou be the Son of Man, Son of God, I'm sorry, cast thyself down, for it is written. This is the devil. So you see how he does. So Jesus said it's written. He said, okay, cool. Cool, I got you. Now check this out. It's also written. <laughs> so now, so now the devil gets to the place. He says, All right, I see, I see where you're going. For it is written. He shall give his angels charge, charge concerning thee, and in their hands thou shalt bear thee up, lest they dash thy foot against the stone. Does that sound familiar? Yes. Elder Holmes just read it this morning. We read it every week. The devil himself quoted Psalms 91. Man, that's why I told you you can't let the devil read the Bible to you. Because he's going to twist it every time. Man, you think I'm just telling you that just to tell you that? <laughs> yeah, he, he starts to quote Psalm 91. He did pretty good, too. But it's all out of context. You see what I'm saying? All out of context. The verse number 11, it says, I'm sorry, verse number, verse 7, thank you. Praise the Lord. Verse 7, it says, And Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. He quoted Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 16. <laughs> and again, the devil taketh him up unto an exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. Oh, man, this is funny. Fanny said, Bishop used to say this all the time. He said, The devil will will always tell you he'll make you a star, but he never told you he'll make you a fallen star. The enemy's always trying to tell you what he can do for you. And let me, can I, can, I, can I take a little commercial break? If what the world is telling you that they can do for you to make you successful, if it doesn't include other people, it is not of God. It has to be about other people. It can never be about just you and yours. He's not that kind of guy. So that's what he's trying to do. Our young people, he's trying to make everything about them. Selfish. So now the, the, the most popular thing that we got now is the what? It's the selfie. He wants you to think about you. No. If what God has placed in your heart, man, to blow you up or to, to make you who you he was, it has to include other people. Right? He gave his best for the world. Has to include other people. Where did I stop? Amen. Verse number nine. Thank you. Thank God bless you. Y'all paying attention. Thank you so much. He taken him up, right? It's verse number nine. He said it to him, all these things will I give to you if you would just down, if you just fall down and worship me. The enemy wants, I, 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 Don, I, I feel you, man. He said, what? Yeah. So check this out. We're talking about the creator of the world. Jesus was the one who made everything. 
And the devil's trying to tell you that if you would just bow down and worship me, come on now, I'll give you what you already have. That, that's what the, listen, that's what the enemy wants to do to you and me. If you would just conform to the world's way of things, I'll give you what you already have. No. He goes, cool Jesus again. Then saith Jesus unto him, get thee behind. I think he got tired. I'm like, oh, all right. He's like, three strikes you out, man. I'm about, I'm about to get you out of here. You, you're getting on my last nerve. So he says, get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shall thou serve. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 13. He just kept quoting the word. He kept pulling his sword out. Right? And Rhema, the word Rhema, the Holy Spirit, because it was already uttered, would bring it back to his remembrance. So that's how it works for you and me. When we're in the heat of battle, he'll pull those things out. Amen. And not only that, man, Jesus kept quoting the word of God. Remember when he was up on the cross and he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He quoted Psalms 22. He stayed in the book. Amen. He stayed in the word. You always have to have the, the sword of the spirit. Amen. Now, one thing about having a sword of the spirit, come on now, y'all with me? Is that you can't just have it. You got to be able to use it. Right? So Jesus showed us how to use it. So the enemy is trying to come against you with certain things. So if, if there's been a, been a rainbow word that's been in your life, man, it's going to come back and you got to be able to use it against the enemy. Right. Amen. Use it against the devil. James said it like this. But don't just listen to God's word. This is James chapter one. You know, you must do what it says. Otherwise, you're fooling yourselves. Amen. Amen. For if you listen to the word and don't obey it, it's like glancing at, at your face in a mirror. You see yourself walk, you see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. Verse 25 says this. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says to do and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Amen. King James says we have to be doers of the word and not hearers only. Yes. Amen, somebody. Yes. You have to learn to use the weapon that the Lord has given you through the word of God. Amen. Amen. So listen, you can't just hang around the word. Come on now. Because listen, I'm afraid sometimes even we have a lot of believers, right? They want to attach themselves to popular ministries just to hang around the word and they never get anything in their, in their heart or in their soul, in their spirit. So they don't have no rhema. There's nothing in them. You can't just hang around the word. Amen, somebody. You can't just become a member of the potter's house. Amen. And think that you're going, you know, you're going to have the revelation that Bishop Jakes does. If the only thing you're doing, the going, doing is going in there and just hanging around the word and not trying to do what this man of God is teaching you to do. Not asking the Holy Spirit to help you do what he's teaching you to do. You can't just hang around it. Come on, somebody. 
You got to be a doer of your word, of the word. You got to ask the Lord to help you do this thing that's in the book. And the Holy Spirit, that's his job. He's your paraclete. He's the one that's called to stand beside you. He's the one that's called to lead you and to guide you into all truth. Only thing you have to do is have a relationship with him. Just talk to him. Say, I don't understand this right here. And then this is how it works, man. The Holy Spirit, he, he brings that rainbow back to you. He said, remember? Remember the word said this? And then remember the word said that? Remember, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Remember, you are the head and not the tail. Yeah, you, remember, you're above and not beneath. Yeah, remember that. But remember, the gold is mine, the silver is mine. Everything belongs to me. Oh, he, he, man, they keep treating me so. Remember, love your enemies. Do good to those who, no, no, don't, you can't hate them. Pray for them that despitefully you, on purpose, use you. Well, God, I'm tired. Well, listen, my peace. I'll give you the peace that surpasses all understanding. Remember I told you I'd give you that? Remember? So now you're in the heat of the battle, and, and man, now you, you got all this stuff, and then you begin to use the sword of the spirit. That will, it cuts both ways. It'll help keep him off you, and it'll help keep you right. Right? Because it goes both ways. Somebody say it goes both ways. So we have to get to the place where, you know, in Joshua 1, 1 chapter 8, it says this. You can go. We want to close there, brother. Can I get my musicians to play softly? Well, praise the Lord. We go, we, listen, we believe in God for somebody to be here every week. Amen. Y'all be praying for Carlos. God bring him in every week. Amen. We have our musicians here every week. But, hey, are we getting the word? Amen. We're still able to make it do what it do. Amen. So Joshua says this in, in Joshua 1 and 8. It says, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night, and, and, and that thou may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then shall thou make thy way prosperous, and then shall thou have good success. This word of God, the sword of the spirit that God has given us, man, we have to be doers of it. You can't, you can't, you can't be just issued the stuff and not try to get better at it. So that's why it's important for us, you know, as believers to, to, to meditate on the word of God, to ask God to help, help us to memorize scripture, to go back and listen to the word. And how about this? Like I said, you can't just hang around the word. Well, how about when you and your friends get together? You discuss the word of God. You talk about the word of God. Man, there's certain friends of mine, when we, we'll be talking about, we just start talking. Me and El Garfield does that sometimes. We just talk about the word of God. You know what that is? That's practicing. That's making yourself skillful. See, he can't just give you all of this armor and all of these weapons and you think you're going you know, to be Zorro overnight. Amen. No, man. You, you got to, you, listen, remember, I, I brought this up a couple of weeks ago, the old adage to practice what you preach. No, no, no. You got to preach what you practice. Amen. Amen. So when we practice these things, you know, even talking about the word of God, that's what, do it with your family. Do it, do it with your, your children, your wife. Men and family get, get around the table sometimes and talk about the word of God. You know what we're doing? We're practicing. That We get the sword out. We're practicing. 
Because there's going to be a time, man, when the enemy's going to come against you and you're going to be just like Jesus was. It is written. And then you're going to get to a certain place. Just get off of Get off me. Just get up off of me. That's the place he's getting us to. That's the place he's getting you to. Amen. That's why we have, you can't just be a believer only. You got to be a doer. Do you really believe what you believe? The sword of the spirit, man. The word of God. And here's the thing about, if you go back and even see the things that Jesus was quoting, he wasn't quoting the whole verse most of the time. It was the part that pertained to what he was dealing with. Amen. And check this out. When you, when you talk back to the devil, it don't have to be in King James. Alright? It don't necessarily have to be in the, 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 the NIV. Because there's some times that I talk to, talk to the devil, I'm talking to him in P-E-T-E. This is the P-E-T-E version. Amen? The Bible says to resist the devil and he shall flee. Amen? Sometimes you got to talk to him in the street. You better get up off of me. Get up off of my children. Get up off of my body. Listen. Listen. Sometimes you got to tell the devil just talk to the head. Amen, somebody. Yes, sir. The key is, is when you get into this word, it becomes rhema. And the Holy Spirit will regurgitate it back in whatever, listen, whatever language you need. But you got to put something in there, amen? You got to have something in there. So before we close, what is it we got to build the truth? What's next? Breastplate of righteousness. Come on. What else? So let's go back up. I got a couple of minutes. Ooh, no, I don't. I'm going to close though. real quick, though. Back up, right? We got the belt of truth, right? So the belt of truth is absolute and relative truth, right? What we deal with is, is absolute truth. It's truth that was the same yesterday. It's true today, and it'll be true forevermore. Absolute truth. Right? What was the next thing real quick? Breastplate of righteousness, right? He gives you the breastplate of righteousness. Why? Because he's trying to protect your relationship, your heart. He's telling you that you are righteous. The devil's trying to tell you that you're not. He's trying to tell you, no, my relationship with the Lord is, 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 is intact. Because I'm wearing the breastplate that he gave me. The breastplate of righteousness. My heart is right because he's covering me. Amen, somebody. So what's next? Shod your feet with the preparation. That means it's already been prepared of peace. You've already gotten to the place where you understand that I am walking in peace no matter where I go. The gospel of peace is who he is. I'm walking in Jesus, man. My feet, everywhere I go, there's no place that I'm going to go. I'm going to be agitated. What's the next thing? The shield of faith. I love this. So we talked about the shield of faith. Remember the little, the little, um, 
Formation, I, I was telling you about that the Romans would do where they would lock their shields together. They would lock them together from in the front and in the back and also in the top and almost like a turtle shell. So man, listen, when I'm going through situations, I should be able to join my faith with yours. Amen, somebody. That's when you intercede and pray for other people. People to your left and people to your right. You have the shield of faith. What's the next one? The helmet of salvation. The helmet, listen, the helmet of defense. He's keeping your mind. Stand on Jesus. Because the man now, the stuff that's out there now, it'll make you go crazy. You have lost your natural mind, amen, because now you have the mind of Christ. So what was the last one? The sword of the spirit, which is what? It says the word, the rhema of God. Amen. He's equipped you with everything that you need to fight this good fight of faith. A fight that you've already won. You're already victorious. Thanks be unto God who has given us the victory through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Lift your hands to the Lord. Father, we bless you today. We thank you for your word. We thank you, God, for um, equipping us with the whole armor of God that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil and to also stand in the evil day. God, you've given us everything that we need. Everything that we need. We thank you now. And Father, we bless you. Thank you even now. Let's, let's take um, a quick moment to pray for any kind of unsaved loved ones that you may have. If there's someone that you know uh, that you've been praying for, let's continue to pray for them and believe God for them to come into the kingdom of God. Amen. Somebody somewhere is going gonna, is gonna minister, to minister the Lord to them because you know what? The Lord is drawing them. He's drawing them. He's pulling on their heart. He's tugging on their heart. Thank God they're going to be saved. They're going to be saved. They're going to be saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Will somebody clap unto the Lord? Go ahead and prepare your offering. Oh, man. Thank you for spending time listening to the Word of God. We pray that today's message has fallen on good ground and will produce a 30, 60, or even 100-fold harvest in your life. Don't forget to join us next week. Be sure to subscribe to the New Covenant Christian Church podcast and click share to share with friends and family because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. God bless you and have a safe and prosperous week.